Welcome to That's Orgasmic, a podcast discussing the orgasmic and not-so-orgasmic moments of all things sex, relationships, and mental health. I am your host, Emily Duncan, and I'm a sexologist who provides online sex coaching sessions to help you cultivate sexual wellness. Today, I am joined with Sindra, who has been working with couples and individuals for over three years as a sex coach and recently graduated from a certificate in sexological bodywork to also offer yoni mapping. Sindra helps open-minded people have fun, playful and easy relationships through better sex and clearer communication. Sindra presents in the Tantra Temple and on the sex ed stage at Love X, which is formerly known as Sexpo, and has spoken on countless podcasts about her work and runs her own powerful in-person event on the East Coast. She identifies as queer and polyamorous and loves bringing taboo topics like sex, pleasure, and non-traditional relationships into the light, which is amazing, everything in all of that that I just said. Um, So welcome to That's Orgasmic. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I am stoked to be here. I can't wait to dive in with you today. Yeah, I'm super excited to talk about what we're going to, um, especially around the topics of like queer relationships, polyamorous relationships. It is a very keen topic of interest for me and I could honestly talk about it all day. So you obviously identify as queer and polyamorous. So I'd love to like first know like what your, your journey with your sexuality has been like. Yeah, thank you. Uh, a roller coaster, like I would say most people's journeys, is like their sexuality and kind of trying to find their place in the world. Uh, I came out when I was like 23 and I really don't love that whole coming out thing, but, you know, it that it kind of makes sense that that's, how, that's when I started to identify as something other than straight. And it was a bit of a shock to me because I was like, oh, okay, I had like kind of thought about women, but not really thought I was going to end up with women in relationships. So I fell in love with a woman. Um, We were together for a couple of years. And then after that kind of fell apart, (laughs) um, I was like, oh, okay, what is my sexuality? Because everyone wants to know, right? Especially like when you first go from dating men, strictly dating women, everyone's like, so what are you? Like, mm-hmm. what's, what's your box? Where, where do you fit? And I wasn't really sure. I dated a few more guys and then I ended up marrying a woman. Um, and in that relationship, I'm like, well, I'm not bi. I'm, am I bi? I'm not like a lesbian, but I've married a woman and we're in a monogamous relationship. So like, what does that actually make me? And then after her and I separated, I went on this really big, like, deep dive into, A, like, why do I have to define myself? And B, if I do have to define myself, which society kind of wants me to do, what does that look like? Uh, And I kind of settled on, like, sexually fluid because I really just love that permission slip to just to be with whoever I desire, whatever feels good for me at the time. And I guess that roughly translates to pansexuality, which if people don't really know what that means, it just kind of means you're attracted to everyone, everybody. Mm. 
then I married a man and I was like, okay, well, like, what does this kind of make me? And we had an open relationship and that was the first time that I uh, had been in an open relationship. So that was the first time that I was like, oh, okay. I really felt like this was what I, where I was meant to be with, you know, an open-minded person who accepted me and allowed me to be sexually fluid with permission to also explore other people because I felt, I felt like just being with one like gender was quite restric- restricting for me mm. and just not really in line with who I am as a person as well. So that relationship was so expansive because I discovered open relating, I discovered polyamory uh, and yeah, I kind of found this nice place of like liberation where now I can talk about being queer and whatever you know that means different things different people to me it just means again kind of sexually fluid open uh and I can talk about polyamory and I can address the taboos and the pushback against some of those things sometimes and I'm probably like I'm 39 now and I I am the most comfortable I've ever been about my sexuality, about my relationship status. And that's just come through, honestly, trial and error and really sharing my journey of that along the way. Like I'm very open and transparent on my Instagram and with my clients as well. And I think doing that also then in turn helps them to be able to be like, okay, I don't need to be in a box. I don't need to justify it as one thing. I can experiment and play and find what feels good for me. Yeah, amazing. And I relate to that so much. Like I'm honest, like I'm only at the start of like, I'm 23 now. So I'm like, I'm like the start, I guess, of your journey when you explain that then. But I know like I now identify as queer because that felt like just the easiest label Mm, without being mm. a let. Like if I had to pick one, it felt like the easiest because I've had the same struggle throughout high school mm. and from then on of am I straight am I bi am I pan mm. what which way do I go and like when I have you know one dating experience all right maybe I am straight or no mm-hmm. maybe I am gay. <laughs> like you know when you flick you're flicking yeah. between the two because you're just like even though it's obviously just the person but it makes you have a whole identity crisis um <laughs> and yeah I feel like I'm so glad that I obviously came across the word the term queer because even like pansexual mm. sometimes just didn't feel fitting and then but it was yeah. just confusing even though I'm mm. like well like I look at the the label of that and like in writing yeah but it still just didn't feel like the right term to use if that makes sense totally and people then ask you questions about it so the, in my experience you know if the less questions people have to ask, the easier that it is to claim that as your own. You know, mm. when I did say I was pan or sexually fluid, people were like, what does that mean? Because people always need to know, they, they need to define you. So, yes, I find it, found it easier as well just to be like queer. It's like a nice overarching term. And then usually I just say I'm in an open relationship and then there's like 8,000 questions mm-hmm. after that. But, yeah, I love that you're on this journey now being 23 and I think a lot of people in your generation are more liberated more there's more permission there's more knowledge there's more awareness about 
sexuality like at, at a younger age I know for me in I, I went to a performing arts high school but even then like there was no out people in my year there was a couple of gay men uh definitely no gay women and definitely mm. not no non-binary like yeah people. Like, yeah that absolutely. wasn't even a thing yeah. it was just like you're this or you're that and you're yeah. straight there was no question about it so it was really hard when I came out like my family wasn't super happy or supportive my friends at the time weren't super happy or supportive like it was a big thing because in society back then it wasn't acceptable especially in Australia and like in a small town of Australia where I grew up it just wasn't really a thing so now I feel like that maybe the reason that I am so liberated now as well is because it is more acceptable and mm. it isn't such a weird thing when you say oh I'm poly or like I'm queer, you know, at the time, you know, I have a husband and a girlfriend, like that mm-hmm. kind of thing. It's it's yeah. not really as unusual now, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. And like, even for me, like I never had to come out. Like I had the privilege of never even have to having that experience. Like sure, some people might've been like, oh, you're like, you're bi or you're this for whatever I was like using as a label at the time. Mm. But there was, I never had to have this big you know, conversation. It was just like, oh, this is who I'm seeing at the time or, you know, I fucked this person on the weekend and yeah. they're like, oh, okay. Like, you know, like it was just, it was a lot more, I guess, casual, which I'm like so privileged to be able to have had that. Mm. Yeah, I think it's it's something that I help a lot of clients with as well is finding you have to be aligned and comfortable with whatever you choose to identify as whatever you choose to pursue really it starts with you because if you're you know confident and comfortable enough with with that then people can say whatever they want or they can think Mm. whatever they want because you are strong in yourself and your choices and you that's a boundary for you right it's like well if you don't accept me for who I am that's that's really a boundary for me so yeah I do help people kind of come to that in themselves and be able to present that to the world in in a way that is more acceptable and more you know comfortable for them as well because it can be really tricky absolutely and it's such important work doing that and everything that obviously you do um I would love to have a conversation today around queer sex because I get questions about it all the time and a lot of people even just the term I was even on the phone to my mum today and told her that I was having this conversation I'm like oh you're gonna talk about like queer sex and she's like what and I was like (laughs) she just didn't get it she's like what do you mean yeah (laughs) um so I'd first love for you to explain like what is queer sex I'll explain it I guess from my perspective so I identify as a woman and Uh, my current partner is a woman as well. So I'll kind of explain it in the point terms of that Um, is, you know, an experience with someone that isn't straight and it isn't hetero presenting or it isn't hetero heterosexual. So anything other than that, like I kind of term, term as queer sex and I'm sure people have different definitions of that. But for me, it's sleeping with like women. Um, And, I was doing a, a, a masterclass on this last month because things like compared to heterosex, 
queer sex is like a whole other thing, you know, like heterosex is, is so normal, right? It's, it's normalized in our society. It's normalized in the media. It's like, okay, like, you know, you put the thing in the thing Mm -hmm. generally. Yeah. I remember when I came out, people like, so what do you do? You know, what, what do you and your girlfriend do? And I'm like, well, like we do everything except for putting a penis into a vulva. Like, does it like I don't understand how that's not you know a thing but people don't know and they they look to porn which is not a good indication of any queer sex experience and there's so many things that come into queer sex especially I would say women with women that people don't think about it's like who takes the lead you know who is kind of going to be in control who initiates um how is the initiation done in a way that's well received how do you talk about sex um you know what toys and tools do you use who's comfortable doing what there's so many other conversations and um roles that need to be clarified and re-clarified and things that you need to put into place boundaries and consent which is amazing And it sometimes makes it a lot more challenging and sometimes a little bit less free flowing than say Mm -hmm. a heterosexual experience would be. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And like, I agree with your definition, literally the way I explained it to mum this morning, I was just like, it's basically anything that isn't straight heterosexual sex, (laughs) everything else that is what I'll put in like, you know, the queer umbrella. Um, And I've, yeah, I agree with the, like, obviously you have to have so many different conversations of how it's going to look and it's going to look so different between each, like, partner when you're having queer sex and because obviously everyone likes to have sex different and especially if it's two vulva owners, it's not just scissoring. So many people think that lesbian oh, sex like, is God. just scissoring. It's, yeah, they just have this idea of, like, this is what it, this is what it looks like. Um, and... Yeah, because you have to stop and think, okay, well, what do I actually want out of sex and how do I want it to look? Because it's not just going to follow that that script that you get taught when it's like, you know, penis and vulva sex mm. and everyone, I guess, is free-flowing because they're not asking any questions. They're just following exactly. the script that they've seen and just assuming that this is how we do it. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, yeah, it's so expansive when you step into the, into the queer sex. Um, yeah. What have you learned from your own, I guess, queer sexual experiences that I guess are like, you know, valuable insights for maybe people who are at the beginning of their journey, mm. curious? Um, yeah. Yeah, I'd love to share because this is something that I help my clients with. And as I said, I've had that masterclass as well, um, which was so fun to run because now I just I love talking about this stuff. I think like one thing that you brought up that is so valuable is like scissoring is you know, from a personal perspective, it doesn't work. It's super uncomfortable and it's not like the sexy be all and end all that people think that it is. Um, This will probably crack you up because this is so far beyond your generation. But when I came out, I went to the library and Mm -hmm. I borrowed a book about, I think it was called like lesbian sex because I had no freaking idea of what to do um because there was no like I didn't really have any access to porn there was no like you know 
uh, podcasts. There was yeah. no like YouTube videos. There's no online courses. There's no Instagram. So I had to go to a book to find out what to do. Um, so luckily we have things like podcasts these days to actually help people <laughs> to, <laughs> yeah, if to, there's to so find much out this information. There's so much information. And I think you touched on a great point there is I think number one, it's knowing or being open to discover what you like and what you enjoy. Because if we come to the table with our, you know, partner in a, in a queer sex scenario and we're like, I don't know, you know, I don't really know what I like. I, I, don't, I don't really know what, you know. It, it, it's really challenging to find connection, to find kind of fulfillment in, in intimacy if you're just like, I have no idea. So, you know, you can say something like, I'm not really sure, can we try some things and I can let you know. However, there's so many resources to kind of tap into and start to open up what you actually like. There is self-pleasure or, you know, masturbation and kind of thinking about what you really enjoy. You can try different parts of your body and try exploring different kinds of touch to figure out what you actually enjoy. There's obviously a whole bunch of toys out there that you can kind of explore and try on your own. There's um, erotic fiction or erotic audios to maybe think, oh, that story really turned me on or like that really, really kind of turned me on. That actually turned me off. So excited to pay attention to what turns you on, what feels good for you, what sounds exciting for you so that you can bring to the table, I want to explore this, I want to try this or let's do this together. Um, and obviously everything starts with communication. This is a massive part of my work. Yes, I'm an intimacy coach, but really 95% of my work is coaching people around communication, right? So it's, it's having these open conversations about what you both like, what you'd like to explore, creating safety so that you can give each other feedback during your sexual experiences to like find out what you like um, to, you know, go, go deeper into that together. So there's, yes, there's all the touch and the things, but really it's, it's down to the talking about it. Yeah. Just starting with, starting with that communication as a base, as a foundation for intimacy. And this is everyone, not just queer sex, this is everyone. And queer sex is especially even more. That's, where you need to start. And if anyone wants to message me, I have a really good resource on starting to explore different different parts and types of intimacy. Uh, so they can just message me and I can give that to them for free. That's a really good starting point as well. It's like an intimacy hit list and it's got like as many intimate acts as I could think of. <laughs> um, and then just going through that list and highlighting things that are like a yes things that are a maybe and things that are a no, and then sharing that with your partner. So you have this whole amazing insight into what you can explore together. Yeah. And I love like, yes, no, maybe lists are the best because there's just all these things that some people haven't even thought about um, or necessarily talked about like with their, their partner or partners. And I think they're just yeah, it's a great easy way. Like it just puts it in your face. You don't have to think about it. Obviously you can go and like have a little Google and see what that looks like. Um, but yeah, it's a very um, 
yeah, just a great way to, I guess, communicate with your partner. You don't have to sit there and, it, like, if you've got shame around, say, one sexual act, it's just an easy, oh, this is on here. How do we feel about this? Instead of, you know, mm. coming to your partner like, hey, this is something I want to try that's just that one thing, if that makes sense. Definitely. And I think shame is is that big thing that does play into a lot of intimacy and it it holds a lot of people back mm. in intimacy and you know especially with some queer sex acts it could be something that really comes up for for people um and that's something that you know you need to to work with and really kind of to move through because if there is that shame coming up if there is that guilt coming up if there's that um yeah like part of you that still feels a bit like weird or uncomfortable about something that's going to actually show up in the bedroom. So I think it's really important to bring that into the light, talk about it, you know, seek help um, to move through it because yeah, that can, that can be a real challenge for some people. And I've even found it really helpful to bring it up during, you know, if something's happening to your body Mm. or like to your mind, to your emotions during intimacy, actually even just bring it up then and be like, Hey, I'm feeling this or I'm feeling this or my body's doing this and I'm not really sure what's going on. However, let's stop. Let's take a step back. Let's actually process it as opposed to like pushing through and getting to the end and being like, Oh, I kind of didn't really process that. I kind of just pushed past that feeling. Um, people who think they can't interrupt sex, that it's going to upset the other person, but it's actually the opposite. It gives the other person a really beautiful insight into where you're at and allows you to be more intimate with them because you're showing them your vulnerability. Mm, absolutely. And anybody you're having sex with, if they're going to react badly to you saying, hey, I'm feeling this or that, they're obviously not somebody you is probably you know healthy for you to be having sex with. And I know myself, I would want anybody I was having sex with to stop if they were feeling anything at all that wasn't just you know pleasure and joy and you know talk it out yeah exactly of course and the I think the first time I tried that I was so scared and then I did it and it was actually the most like connective and like empowering experience and I was like oh okay you know it's it's okay to share it's okay to actually stop and be like my body is just like feeling like lots of emotions I'm not really sure what it's about but I need to just stop and take a step back and talk about that. And when you can bring that into your sexual experiences, it's kind of just deepens everything. It makes it Mm. even more pleasurable because you can actually just bring any part of yourself to that experience as well. Not just like the good part. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Um, Is there any other, I guess, key like lessons or things that you've learned from queer sex that you want to touch on? Yeah, I think what happens with a lot of vulva owners when they're in like vulva owner and vulva owner relationships is, and I'm not really 100% sure about um, penis owners in, in their specific relationships because I actually don't have any penis owner queer couples. Uh, what happens with vulva owners is that there can be a really interesting dynamic and you might kind of know this as well where 
you get real lovey and real cute and real cuddly and it's like so great and you actually have like the best and you know easiest relationship in terms of like being able to talk about things you can show your emotions and that all that's lovely however that doesn't translate to like steamy sex (laughs) it's like this cute like kind of best friend lovey vibe sometimes it's hard to to translate to this like steamy sex so I do find in my experience that you really have to work on the intimacy side of things in vulvar and vulvar and relationships and that means making time for intimacy like making intimacy dates like tonight is an intimacy date we don't have to have sex but We've got this specific time to actually take off that cutesy, cuddly hat and actually make space for intimacy that's not in our cute, you know, cute, cute way. Uh, And sometimes taking a initiative where, okay, you're going to initiate this time, I'm going to initiate next time so you know who's going to be initiating or who loves initiating. They can do it all the time. Is there some unsafety in that initiation? Because sometimes if there's some rejection, that can cause a bit of unsafety and then no one initiates and then nothing's being initiated. Talking about how how you like to be initiated to, uh, what feels good for you, what feels, what feels sexy. And then also like exploring some, you know, maybe some kink stuff or some role play stuff just to bring this other element into the bedroom because you don't have that, you know, you don't have that masculine element. I'm talking like generally. They're just not, they're just not that energy. There's not that masculine component. So it often does need, you need to kind of make that up. You need to be bringing that to the table. You need to take control of that and create it for yourself to make sure that you're still having that, you know, steamy, sparky, like really juicy sexual attraction where there is, you know, one person in that more dominant role. And I don't mean like a dom, but it could could be if you want, but one person in that more dominant role and one person in that more submissive role and you kind of change it up and play with those dynamics. Otherwise things can get a bit same, same. Mm -hmm. And the cuddling just turns into like cuddly, cute intimacy, which is nice sometimes. However, you'll find that eventually that will kind of fade off in terms of for just the cuddling mm-hmm. all the time. Yeah. Like that, um, I mean. Which is what I find with a lot of my Volverona, Volverona couples that come to work with me. Mm. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up because yeah. no one's brought that up on the podcast before actually. So mm. um, it will be very validating for people who have experienced that and to know they're not alone. And this is a natural a thing that we mm. experience. Um, yeah. I think something as well that just popped into my head is that I think because we're vulvaronas, sometimes we think we have to be really careful with the other vulvarona. Mm, yeah, you know, I've felt especially that if they're kind of yeah. Yeah, 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 like oh, I've got to be really careful with them. You know, I've got to be really gentle, um, really like I can't. Oh, I've just got to go go gentle and easy and soft, mm-hmm. and it needs to be soft and slow and sensual. And I remember my partner one taste like. I'm not a doll like you can you know I'm not a doll like you could like move me around you can throw me around you can do it a little bit hard you can do this and I was like 
oh, actually, thank you for calling that out because I'm I'm over here trying to be all like soft and you know yeah. lovely because that's what I thought you wanted, but actually, you don't want to be treated like a doll. So that's really useful information to know. So yeah, I think just keeping that in mind as well. Like that, you know, we're not going to break. There's time for softness. There's time for wildness. There's time for more, you know, stronger, faster stuff as well. So making sure that you're getting all of those elements in your queer sex experience, not just that soft, sensual, feminine, inverted commas, vibe that often mm-hmm. comes from Volvo and, and Volvo and is playing together. Mm. Uh, and as well, I like to normalise strap-ons because, I don't know, sometimes there's like this weird stigma about strap-ons or like, uh, you know, you don't have to use them. However, if you do want to use them, they're available and it doesn't mean that you're straight. If you think that, yeah. you know, it doesn't mean anything about you. It doesn't mean anything about your sexuality. It just means that you want to play with penetration and that that is something that you can use for that specific experience. I've definitely found like there's some bit of stigma around using strap on sometimes and I I love to use them personally. I think it's a great edge to bring to your vulva and a vulva and a play. Um, and same for penis owners as well. You know, it can be fun. Like, mm-hmm. and it's also doesn't have to be hot all the time. Like, I don't know about you, but like getting on a strap on sometimes can be just so laborious. I've got to like strap in here. I'm adjusting here. I've got to put the thing in and get roll ready. Find the right position. Like, it's not always hot <laughs> and that's okay. Yeah. Like we can make it funny. We can make it silly. We can make it awkward. You know, anytime you bring in something into the bedroom for the first time, it's not going to be hot. No, it's absolutely. Be yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So just call it out. Be like, this is weird. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about this trap on thing, but I'm going to try it Yeah, and let's just play, you yeah. know, and then yeah, it can absolutely. be so much more fun. Yeah, absolutely. I actually haven't personally yet used a strap on. I have I have everything, all the devices, tools ready to go, but there just hasn't been that, I guess, that opportunity. But I know myself, I have found a lot of people are hesitant to use them. A mm. lot of, um, you know, like hetero cisgender people will be like, why don't you just date men then? And they yeah. have a lot of resistance towards it. And especially even the way that some like um you know dildos that you can put in the strap on are used like they some of them look like a penis so they're like well Mm. why don't you just go get the real thing like there's just a lot of I guess stigma around that and I can only imagine putting it on the awkwardness like it's (laughs) it's straps I've even just with lingerie trying to readjust it or like things like it's just awkward and that's sex though and like I'm I get the giggle so bad during sex, like so bad. My current <laughs> partner is just like, oh my God, can you not like, it puts me so out of sex. I'm like, I can't help it. Like the more you resist it, the more I'm going to laugh. <laughs> yeah. And honestly, the best, like the best sex experiences I've had that like, you know, maybe they're group experiences or like it's some really wild shit and like have just been when everyone's just been giggling mm-hmm. and talking and no one's taking it seriously. I mean, they're taking it seriously, but not like serious. Like mm. everyone's talking, they're communicating, there's feedback, there's like silly little giggles, there's this, there's that, there's, you know, reflection, yeah. having breaks and talking about it and what worked, what didn't, like, what can we try, you know? 
I think just getting a little bit more vocal in the bedroom with just being more fluid, like, oh my God, this is so funny. This lingerie is like up my butt. It's like so uncomfortable. Like I need to adjust it. Like, can we just stop for a second so I yeah. can adjust it? Or like, you know, just calling things out and being just honest about where you're at and what's happening for you. Um makes sex so much better so much better so much and it makes you so much more comfortable in that experience because if you're just in your own head and you can't express what's going on or if something's feeling uncomfortable or it's funny or just anything like it it's so much yeah less enjoyable of experience for me at least personally every time I've been in those situations and like I can't remember the last time I would have had sex where there was no talking no laughing Mm. like every time there's you know and there'll be times we'll literally stop and have a conversation about something and yeah. then go back yeah. in. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, yes, we were fucking. Let's keep going. Yeah, hang on. Yeah, we were, we're doing that. Yeah, let's go back to that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Um, do you have any other advice for those wanting to explore queer sex? Obviously, there was a lot of advice, advice throughout your experiences there. Uh, I have a lot of information, inspiration, motivation, scripts and things on my Instagram page like yeah. people are, are wanting to get some tools for free they can just kind of skim down my Instagram and as I mentioned that um I called it pussy on pussy play masterclass people can access that uh it's for sale they also get intimacy initiation masterclass and anal play there's like three masterclasses together so if anyone wants that reach out it's a great place to start because watching something it's pre-recorded, so you don't feel like you're put on the spotlight. You don't feel like someone's calling you out. You can just watch it and, mm-hmm. and learn from that. And just reading, like, there's some great, such, so many great books now. Like, She Comes First is amazing by Ian Kerner. If you want to um, give better oral to vulvas, it's an incredible book. I personally learned so much. Like, my ex-husband read it and he's like, oh my God, this book's so good. And then he went down to me and I was like, oh my God, that book is so good. And then I'm like, I don't need to read it though because I've been going down to Volvus for like 10 years. And then actually I read it and I was like, oh, okay. This book, this I'm going to have is, to read it. I haven't read it's it. It's really good. Yeah. It's really, really good. Yeah. Uh, learning about anatomy, I think is yeah. really important. Yeah, absolutely. There is some anatomy in in that Pussy on Pussy Play Masterclass. Um, but just getting to know your own body as well, knowing that there's so much more than just your clit <laughs> and just exploring other areas and then just kind of following your what feels good and knowing that there's no limits. And like we're always like, like I'm always learning. I'm sure that you're always yeah, absolutely, learning. Yeah, you know, always. We do this for a job. Yeah. So keep learning, keep, you know, being open to more things, keep talking about it and things are only going to get more pleasurable the more Mm. that you talk, the more that you learn, the more that you try. And there is no right way. There's no perfect sex. Like there's no wrong way really. It's just as long as it's consensual, you have good communication and you're open to, to like not getting things right. Yeah. I think that sex just becomes this really beautiful play space to, Mm. to connect, to enjoy and to yeah get to know more about your body and your partner's body yeah absolutely I love that especially the not trying to get it right especially I feel like when you start you know engaging in queer sex 
I know for myself, like the first mm-hmm. time I was shitting myself. Yeah. I was literally terrified. Mm-hmm. I remember I literally, the, the way it went was like I was meant to be sleeping with like um, this girl and I had a little freak out and literally practiced with one of my girlfriends in the toilets beforehand. <laughs> Drunk. <laughs> That was me. I was like, oh, I am so, so terrified. Funny. So funny. <laughs> I was like, we need to, we need to laugh. That's so funny. Because it we was need to practice. <laughs> um, it was just, yeah, it was hilarious, and it ended up like I didn't even. I was so fine, but when you have a vulva, it's like you just. It feels like you should know what to do. You yeah. should know how to pleasure pleasure another one, and I just found for myself. Yeah. It was like, I don't even know what the fuck somebody is doing to me sometimes <laughs> like now that I have to actually think about it like mm. how do I actually replicate that but then obviously I'm different to everybody and like I'm somebody who doesn't love clitoral stimulation like I don't have a lot of sensation unless there's like vibrators so then it was like yeah. well if I'm just using my hands and my mouth like I haven't had that explored enough on myself so I don't even mm. know like what I'm doing for somebody else and like yeah. yeah, it was very much this, oh, my God, I have to get this right or, like, yeah. I, it's going to be doomed. <laughs> mm. And that's the thing. It's just asking as well and calling it out, being like, hey, I'm so nervous. Um, you know, can you direct me? Can you show me? Can you put your hands, like, you know, on top of mine and show me what like what you want? Can you give me feedback? Can you guide me? I've been asked to do that many times with women, um, with vulva owners that kind of have come to me for sexual experiences. Like, they're like, I don't know really what I'm doing. Can you show me? Can you guide me? Can you fuck me with the strap on? And then I, so I can see what it's all about. I'm like, sure, of course. Mm-hmm. Like, that's, it's, you never feel bad about it. You never feel like you don't want to show someone or, or you know, educate someone around it. So, just being honest about where you are, I think I was saying in the workshop, I'm like, if it's your first time, just say it's your first time. Like, yeah. it's my first time. I don't really know what the hell I'm doing. Like, can you, you know, can you help me? Can you give me some guidance? It's okay. Like, no one, I would rather someone say, hey, it's my first time, I'm nervous, than be them just be, like, sweating and, like, worried and, like, all in their head, just, like, yeah, stressing out. So, and I started if something felt good for me, um, I started asking like, Hey, what are you doing? And then mm-hmm. like picking up on some ideas from like other people as well. Like, Oh, can you talk me through what you were doing? Cause that felt really good. And I want to learn how to do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I actually did that the other week. I had somebody, yeah. to I was like, Oh, what, like, what was that? I have never had that before. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I'm like, can you show me like how many fingers we're using? Like what like what was the formation? <laughs> Sometimes you just stumble upon things and you're like, whoa, I've never done yeah. that before and that was really good. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And like it's a constant learning journey. Like, yeah. I don't think we will ever stop learning when no. it comes to sex. I hope not. Otherwise no, it would oh, be like really boring. <laughs> yeah, literally, absolutely. And I think it's nice for people to hear too, especially like you know, when sex coaches and sexologists and things are having these conversations that we're still learning mm. too. Like mm. we've done study, we've done things. We obviously mm-hmm. go and look and read and listen yep. to podcasts and things and try and absorb as much information as we can and talk about this all the time. But like I'm still learning all of the time, having new yeah. sexual experiences still. Like there's still things that I'm ticking off that list. <laughs> like, yeah. And they will be forever. Yeah. Let me tell you that. It's yeah. just, it's just having an open mind, I think, and, you know, keep, 
yeah, just keep exploring. And that's what makes it fun. And that's what gives you a higher sex drive. And that's what makes you interested in it and more excited about it is just, yeah, keep learning. Mm, Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Um, is there anything else, I guess, with like queer sex, um, or anything on this topic that you want to touch on? I think I've covered most, I mean, as we said at the start of this, this podcast, I could just talk like all day about this stuff. Um, (laughs) but yeah, I think, I think we've covered all the main points. I mean, I think just have fun and yeah, just, just communication, get that communication yeah, down, absolutely. start to, start to normalize talking about sex, you know, start to talk to your friends about it, talk to your partners about it, talk to like your colleagues about it, just start to make the conversation normal so that when you get into the bedroom, like when you find a partner or when you start to talk to your partner about it, it just starts to roll off the tongue and it becomes this normal part of your everyday life that everyone's talking about and there's just that that better understanding around it that is my my hope my goal for everyone mm. who listens to this podcast as well yeah absolutely I love that communication is literally everything when it comes to sex literally yeah. literally everything so what is something that is orgasmic to you that's such a good question and honestly I for me it's when I slow down and am conscious and open and in that like receiving energy to feel pleasure. It's like when everything slows down and the pressure's off and I can just kind of allow myself to be in pleasure, whether that's with my partner, with myself, or just like out in nature, you know, swimming in the beautiful ocean over here in Thailand. Mm, I can only imagine. (laughs) in the blue ocean Uh, you know but just being in that space being present you know there's not I'm very busy there's not often times where I'm just like "Ah, I'm here but those times are just so orgasmic like my whole body physically mentally energetically emotionally Mm -hmm. it's just like ah yeah open to that like yummy stillness is is for me orgasmic yeah I love that so where can the Shaggers find you, your content, your resources? The best place is Instagram, uh, at Syndra Banks. It got taken down a little while ago, but I yeah. think it's Instagram fine at the moment. <laughs> it's awful. So bad. Um, so if, if you can't find it there, it's just syndrabanks.com, and then you can send me an email and grab that resource list and the link to that pussy on pussy play masterclass if that is what you desire but yeah instagram is usually where i am at and um i'm always on my dms if anyone wants to ask any questions or reach out and say hello uh yeah i'd love to connect with with your audience yeah amazing and yeah definitely go check out uh cinder's instagram there is so many resources on there even when we first connected i was like scrolling through i'm like there's so much valuable valuable information on here um so thank you so much for coming on and talking about this today um yeah i always love having conversations around queer relationships and sex because we need to talk about it more and more um so thank you for coming on thank you thanks for having me 
As always, Shaggers, please reach out with any comments, questions, or stories, either through my Instagram at That's Orgasmic or my email, emilyduncan at thatsorgasmic.com. Please subscribe whatever platform you used to listen to this podcast and leave a review as I'd love to know what you're thinking and you're going for the chance to win a discounted session with me at Emily Duncan Sexology. So thank you, Shaggers, and I'll see you next time. <gasps>